Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Wow. Welcome back to another episode of No More Leadership BS. I asked the question, what is Thor's favorite way to communicate? Only when he's hammered. I like that answer, but it's not the answer. It's Norris Code. Of course it is. Oh my God, I kill me. I do too. Damn it, Sam. Only when he's hammered. So I'm here with my favorite leaders in the world, and I brought up the topic of communication. I'm currently working with an organization and discussing the communication within their organization and how it affects their culture. And what I'm hearing most often is that when information is distributed out into the world, it's reaching the outer offices and it's just not happening. I'm getting a lot of we're out of the loop. We feel like there's a huge disconnect. And so I want to talk about that a little bit because I know we've all had experience in our own careers to not only receive information from on high, but to give information from a leadership perspective. Sam, you come from the education world and I've always been fascinated. How is information disseminated and received throughout the staff at a academic level? Would get hazard the guess that it is very similar to any other organization where people are you know, with people, specifically first like, like any organization, you've got the inner circle, right? Who's at the president's table and they usually decide the direction, the path, that kind of thing. And then on a path of message to get it out. And what can come out of those conversations is a very nicely curated word salad. So you get the message, okay, what's that actually mean? What's the expectation around this super vanilla statement? What do you want and what's happened here? And the farther down the chain of command you go, the more that becomes an issue. So the folks who are getting dirt on their shirts and going with calluses on their hands, they if they read it at all, I'm not writing them whatsoever, but if they even get the message, like, yeah, okay, that's just cute ivory tower talk. I'm just going to do my job. So making sure that people can hear whatever the message is in a way that makes sense to them is imperative. And in higher ed, I would wager many other industries that gets missed because there's so much care and concern over how to make the perfect message that we don't make one that actually resonates. Okay. Mr. Geyer, I call on you. I call on you, sir. So when the information is created, probably at the executive level, when the information is created, and it is sent out to the staff. Have you ever experienced, I, I call them chokeholds, They're, they bottleneck and, and never really get to the ground level employee? And if so, how did you remedy that? And if not, I'm going to say you're lying, but go ahead. What bottlenecks have you experienced in your sending out and receiving communication? That's a great question. And I think I really the one to Dr. Sam's point. So everybody gets the message, but it's a word salad and nobody understands what it means or everybody understands something different. You haven't communicated. But my experience in the organizations that I became the senior leader at that were struggling, one of the very first things we did 
was institute a corporate, for lack of a better word, organizational-wide communication system. And some of this, because it's a little, I was, it's been 20 years ago, email became the most common thread. And so if there was information that needed to be passed into the organization, we did it via email. And we had to institute that process. And one of those things, and back in those days, I think this is probably pretty common today, we had to get everybody a company email address. And then we had to clearly set the expectation that's where the information was going to be presented and that there was a requirement, an expectation for you to check that email daily because stuff's going to be there. Now, not things like, hey, the building's on fire, it's time to leave. We, we <laughs> wouldn't put that in the email. And what that what we created that for was to address the chokehold that you're talking about, Conroy, that if we had before that memos or they were doing it by word of mouth or the CEO would give it to the executive team and then the executive team would give it to their direct reports and then their people would give it to their people. And that was like playing the telephone game. Exactly. And once it got to the line employee, so to speak, that message was never the same as the first one, the first message that was given. So we instituted a company-wide communication system. Back in those days, I'm thinking in one in particular, it was email. It doesn't have to be email. It can be whatever you want it to be. It just has to be, this is how the company communicates. And then you set the expectation to hold people accountable to, that's where the information is going to be. And if you didn't get it, it's on you. It's not on the person that sent the message. Okay. So this company I'm working with, has a main administrative offices, but they've got 16 other buildings filled with staff. And the words I'm hearing are like, we're out of the loop. There's a disconnect between admin and the world. Management, the management, it may come down, but it stops at management because management's not sharing it within the building. Admin has no idea what's going on here. Myra, in your experience, how do you not fight that, but how do you address that amongst the ground level staff? those comments. I want to start out by asking a listener that have you ever been sent an email or some communication that was you read it it just didn't seem to apply or it just really didn't care bottom line. Uh, just a little background for realtors there's a saying in the Real estate world is real, realtors don't read. Don't send them an email unless you want to list or buy a house because they're not going to read it otherwise. My point in saying that it's not about them. There, we get lots of, lots and lots of sales email that never pertain to us. They, they pertain to the people that send in them. But I just attended one of the best webinars or classes that I've ever gone to business made simple by Donald Miller and they, he doesn't sponsor us. So it's just, it is a completely authentic endorsement of it. But part of this was communication made simple. And he stressed in there that people aren't going to get involved unless they're not going to really listen unless it's about them in some way. If it's about the company, that's good. But what about me? And I found that over and over in my own life, if it's especially in habitat and with the board structure, if I don't make it about them, I don't get a response because it doesn't stick. 
He calls bringing them into the story narrative. When you make it about them, then it becomes part of their story. And they start wondering. It was just, it was excellent. And I have implemented some of it. It's a really about face type of way of thinking about it. But what's in it for them will get them stepping up to the plate because they're part of it. It's about them. And I'm sure if the people that are listening to us, if they've ever been in that situation where, yeah, this is good, but how does it affect me? Yeah. How does it affect me? Then it goes right over their head or out the window or so if I could say anything is when you communicate with with people that are that you want information to go to, try making it about them. A really a good example is what he used in this class was they were going from a pay overall pay structure to pay per work done. In other words, you didn't get a bonus unless you earned it, type of thing. And instead of saying, we are now going to do this. They made it about the people that now they can earn what they're really worth instead of the same thing everybody else is earning. And so they, they'll be able to keep the good people and the bad people will go someplace else because they will no longer be getting paid for something that other people were, were doing the work for. So it, it would just really made a huge impact on me. Wow. I've long said that I believe if people would truly communicate and communication is not only the spoken word, but it's listening, actively listening. If they actually, if they actually communicated 99% of the world's problems would be solved. And I do believe that a lot of the problems that, that happen at the in office level, some of it is self-inflicted. They're not, they're just not interested. And in fact, I had a person tell me that I get to the point where the emails are just white noise. I don't listen to them anymore, but I said, what if there's important information? Oh, someone will tell me about it. Mr. McLaughlin, how do you deal or how would you address those people that we just say, I'm, I choose not to read the emails and I'm going to, but I'm going to complain anyway. There are those people that like to complain about the problem, poke holes in things, but not offer up ideas on how to repair those holes. How do we address those people that choose not to address the emails? And is there other ways to communicate than just through email? I don't know. There's lots of other ways to communicate other than just email, but I think Myra hit the nail on the head is when it becomes personal to them. And if it involves something for them that's going to benefit them specifically, then they become more interested in reading that email or listening to that communication and trying to truly understand it. But I can vouch for Dr. Sam and being from education, the education world where things would come down from on high. And for me in a classroom, it meant nothing. So I'm like, why am I going to pay attention to that? It doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't affect my day-to-day activities. It doesn't affect how I connect with my students. It doesn't connect what I'm teaching. And, but it's a, you now must do this. You now have to fill up this paperwork in triplicate. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Okay, sure. Whatever. Don't really care. But those kind of things, they didn't matter because it wasn't affecting me in the classroom on a daily basis. Now, if they would have said, Hey, by the way, this helps us get more funding and this puts a para in your classroom because You've got seven students who are obviously in need of additional help and it's really challenging. I'd have been like, okay, cool. I will fill out that paperwork in triplicate gladly because it gets me another human being in the help. It's a help in the classroom. So if you can make it personal, because a lot of times I don't think that communication piece, especially in larger organizations, by the time it trickles down, like you said, to that management level, 
what is the purpose and the point and how does it affect the people who are doing, just doing their job? Sure. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get dirt on my shoulder and I'm going to get calluses on my hands. Great. I don't care what the guy, the CEO says at the top. I'm just going to do my job. Just leave me alone and let me work. And those people are hard workers. They're working hard, but I don't think that they've been let in. They, I don't, they haven't been included in the process of those decisions that affect them. And they're the ones doing the work. So if we can take their perspective and we can include them in the process and say, how does, if this happens, how does that really affect you on a day to day basis? Because we want to make sure that you are given the tools that you need to be successful. We want to make sure that you know how to, what success looks like. What does a win look like? Not just for you, but for the organization. And how do we make it a win win situation for all of us? Yeah. That's and so if you can include people like that, I think all of a sudden the communication, they're much more interested in listening and being a part of that conversation. Because if you're just the only person talking, it's not a conversation. Sure. So I have three kids and my three kids that grew up around leadership, hearing me do the quotes and the, the reading the books and my kids have all been around. So my son works for a large film studio in Burbank, California. And what's interesting, he's a 26 year old kid, man. I mean, the dude's six, four, he's taller taller than I am, but he calls me almost every day to tell me what is changing at the studio. And they'll do things like change schedules or come up with these great ideas from on high, as he says, he calls them the overlords uh, from on high. And he says, it's causing chaos. And I said, that is the perfect example of leadership, not looking at the overarching umbrella of the organization at the 30,000 foot level, but not coming to the ground floor boots on the ground people and say, Hey, we got this really cool idea. What do you think is this going to happen? That's just not happening. So that really needs to happen. So I agree. I think email is one way to communicate, but I think another way is to actually MBWA managed by walking around, going around and talking to people and asking people, I don't know how much time we have left on this episode, but I'm going to ask the question of each of you. What is your best communication advice that you've ever received? Anyone? Before I start calling people out. For me, Conroy, and just quickly, email is one communication tool. And I think one of the reasons why people, as you all have been discussing, we all have been discussing, that they don't pay attention to it is because there's a bunch of crap in every email that doesn't need to be in there. Correct. So don't over, don't blast your staff with email. There are other ways, but the best communication advice I think I, I can give comes from my one of my favorite quotes from George Bernard Shaw, and that's to understand this, that the challenge with communication is the illusion that it's actually occurred. Yep. And so just because you said it, boss man, overlord, I love that. Yeah. Uh, because you said it, chairwoman, doesn't mean someone else heard it. Or even if they heard it, that they understood the same thing you were intending. Yep. That's a whole, we can do training. And in fact, we all do trainings on clarity of message and that kind of thing. So don't assume that everybody knows just because you said it one time. Exactly. Exactly. Just because you said it doesn't mean I, I heard it. Anyone else? Yeah. I will jump right in there with the quote from my favorite person, teacher, whatever, Dr. Covey is seek first to understand and then be understood. Yep. In other words, listen. Yeah. 
listen. And that's the best communication I can think of. That's gotten me farther than anything else is because when you listen to people, they feel heard and they feel seen. There's a phrase I heard that I started using a lot, which is meaning making. People will start to make the meaning out of something if not given direction. And so as we describe people, make the message resonate with them. It's not from a point of laziness or lack of care, lack of concern. They may get there if they're not understood, but the mid-managers, the responsibility that they have is to ensure that whatever message is coming makes sense for their people. Yeah. And have a conversation with them about what does this mean to you? How does this show up in your day-to-day work? And don't just give it, but make it have meaning. Because people are already busy. They don't have time to to sit around and ponder. Gosh, right. what do you suppose they meant by this? Hand it out in a way that makes sense and involve people, but don't expect them to spend their days trying to decipher a phrase with 50 cent words in it. Beautiful. Yep. Mr. McLaughlin? I would say it's as much as what you're saying as how you're saying it. Yes. And then my other big one is text is for information, not communication. Yep. Love that. And then my favorite quote that I picked up this last week was the letters in listen and the letters in silent have the same letters. Let that sink there in. There you go. Yep. So with that, if you have any questions or comments, email us at askusatleadershipbs.co. Or visit us and leave us a five-star review. This has been an interesting, intriguing topic. I appreciate you all, and I appreciate you for listening. And we look forward to hearing from you. From the No More Leadership BS crew, until next time, peace out. Bye. 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 Better the button.